This is the show, Procrastination Pals. We talk about who's what, when's, why's, and how's. Two best friends with solid gold hearts. We record our thoughts, observations, and farts. I'll get around to the backing track later. Procrastination Pals. Welcome to Procrastination Pals, the show for what you're doing when you should be doing something else. I am the Grand Sultan of Procrastination, Dan Morganti. I'm Josh. Cool. Uh, so, we should let you know up front that there has been quite a hiatus between the last episode and this episode. Uh, I'm sure you're well aware this thing, coronavirus, has been going around. So, we've been on lockdown in S- Melbourne, Victoria. Six months. Six months. Yep. Haven't been able to see each other, which, you know, my heart hurts and is finally healed. Um, I feel whole again. Yeah. So, we're now coming back to you. Live from New York, it's Saturday night. Um, <laughs> it's so stupid. Live from Melbourne, it's 3.13pm. Yeah. Uh, and we're back with our procrastinating ways. Also, it wasn't that hard because we are such terrible procrastinators. So, it's like, oh, well, there's a reason why we can't do it It's good to have a, a government-mandated procrastination. Yeah. And procrastinate, I did. What did you do with your procrastination time? Oh, well, look, seven months of it. Um, I had grand plans to exercise more, do a bit of writing, um, knock off all the books on my shelf, um, of which I did none. So, yeah, I bought a bike and then could only ride at 5Ks. Yeah, Uh, I'm a little bit the same. I had a bike, I did a lot more riding, but I definitely, like, I've got video games that I want to play. That I just didn't play. (laughs) I would get up and uh, like, it's like the start of uh, that movie Step Brothers with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, how they're starting their mornings. It's like, make a plate of nacho, (laughs) microwave nachos. And nachos being a very generous term for what it is. It's just Doritos with cheese. Cheese on top. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know what I did. Just browsed Instagram relentlessly. Horrendously, like to the point. I, I think it was even strange. Like as you say, it was difficult to even play video games. I did get to the point where the things I loved or enjoyed doing, like watching films or reading books, I was like, I'm just bored of this. Like I don't even enjoy the shit that I like right yeah. now. Yeah, I read that that's about like as a form of depression or like uh, the the mental weight of the uncertainty. Like you you don't have a job. I mean, we were lucky enough to get JobKeeper, both of us. But, you know, you don't have a job. Uh, the future seems very uncertain. And that mental weight takes a lot, like saps a lot of energy and joy out of out of you. Well, you're just lacking purpose. And particularly when we're in the middle of it, just no end in sight. And ha- like, you're right, the, the complete uncertainty of it all. But just being like, well, it doesn't matter what I do. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's no... There's no need to do anything except for stay at home. Yeah. And and then you just watch the days fly by doing nothing. I can't believe it's been seven months. Yeah. Like that's six, seven months. Crazy. And that's, I've, I've done in that time, <clears throat> two weeks of work. Yeah. I did two weeks of work in uh, late June, early July, um, which wasn't even really like maybe six shifts because we were still trying to set up the bar and figure it out. But just to think that I haven't worked in that long was was crazy to me. And coming back, going back to work was such a bizarre feeling. Like everyone I could tell, everyone that's working at the bar or I think in, in, in any like customer service roles, just anxious. Everyone's anxious. Like I 
the best way to describe it, I would say, would be it was like stage fright. I felt like I was about to go up on stage and perform like an improv show and just be back on the forefront. Like like having to talk to people. I hadn't spoken to more than three people in person for, you know, the majority of six months. And then going back to work where you have to speak to 250 people in a single night um, and, you know, be receptive to what they're actually fucking saying. <clears throat> Pardon me. Rather than just talking at them. It was crazy. I felt so bizarre. I couldn't string a sentence together for the first two nights. I was just stumbling over everything. And then you had to also like serve drinks and... And do the job. Yeah, yeah do the job. And yeah, like you're not, just not practice like when you go on autopilot, like you just got to actually think about what you're doing and stuff. And, and overthinking everything. Yeah. I think that like it highlights the like the mental tax of work, of just talking to people and interaction. I was like, oh shit, this is actually difficult. Yeah, but at least we're almost through it now. And hey. uh, Dan Andrews has done a good job locking us all down, and we are on your daddy, Dan. We're at uh, zero cases now, so hopefully that remains the case. But uh, my favorite thing is looking at the graph of s- comparable cases in certain places around the world at similar times. Yeah. So in France, I think it was we, when we had like about seven hundred. Seven hundred. Our, our peak was there. Was with France, Sweden, and a bunch of other yeah. places as well. And we had the harshest, strictest lockdowns. And we're at zero cases and these places have exploded with to thousands numbers. a day, yeah. more. And again, even the states today are doing something like 130,000 cases per day. Mm. But yeah, we don't need to really go over this. There's a million other no, places like, yeah, you, okay, can, yeah. you can get the uh, coronavirus details from. Uh, so Google it. Yeah, we'll just uh, bore you with our other procrastinating ways and uh, way, other ways we've procrastinated. Hey, Dan, yeah. what about Warhammer? Warhammer? Yeah. Warhammer, you say? Uh, I really like Warhammer, uh, and for those of us who, like me, until we started to talk about this, were unaware of it and have no idea what the fuck's Warhammer. Uh, it's a it was originally a tabletop playing role playing game. So you'd buy miniature figures and you'd paint them and put or put them together and paint them. And it had a huge rule book and originally started with fantasy, uh, Warhammer fantasy, and there's now Warhammer forty thousand, which is the year 40,000, so very mm-hmm. sci-fi into the future. Which are they call 40K? 40K, yeah. Uh, and since it started in 1975, at it has sneakily dominated every media form there is. There's video games, uh, the tabletop games, like we said, uh, books. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's music. There's fan-made uh, videos that are, well, like better computer-generated than some... Hollywood movies or most Hollywood movies it, it's crazy the expansiveness of this there's a reddit meme page meme page just for this 40,000 universe exclusively it it's crazy how big it, this it's is it's become a, a a parallel universe running in yeah. li- in line with our own right now and just how like it's not mainstream like how no one really is aware of it, and, but how deep and expansive the universe is. Vast. Yeah. So during this pandemic, we, we've gotten into Warhammer a little bit, just a few aspects of it. Not the uh, the actual tabletop role-playing game because that is stupid expensive. And uh, but I, I, it, it is a life investment mm, by the film. And the, 
I don't know about you, but I, for a while, was watching videos of these miniatures getting painted, like how to best paint them. One of my favourite things. Yeah. Was just watching people paint them. Yeah. It's it's real funny what uh, what you find soothing, but like, she's like, and we're painting the blood spatter on this skull right here. And as you can see, the gut's spilling out here. Just a little... Simeon? No, what's that? I'm trying to think about Simeon uh, Pink? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Simeon Pink. Simeon. Human but, Pink. <laughs> Simeon Pink. No, the baboon's butthole pink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's fascinating how huge this is and like the amount of money it must make as well. I mean, and speaking as someone who really enjoys video games, until I started like researching for this episode, I wasn't aware just how many video games they have as well. Like an insane amount and they've all got different names. So it's not just uh, Warhammer or it doesn't come under um, or they all come under the Games Workshop banner. That's the company Mm -hmm. that they own uh, or that owns the Warhammer property. Um, But there's like uh, Battlefleet Gothic, which is uh, like a 4X strategy game. So you're flying the huge... Uh, gothic battleships through the sky and of course it's not, it doesn't make sense because they're like it's like the Notre Dame flying through space like why do these ships need windows <laughs> like, yeah. um, or a bell tower yeah it's shit like that but you know it's, it's uh, it, the design very much suits the universe and then there's um, like strategy games like uh, like tactics games where you've got a team of marines versing another team, so like six characters, and you turn-based move them around the game board, very much like the tabletop game, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's action games. The most famous would probably be Space Marine, which was a third-party action game that was on PlayStation 4, maybe came out about three or four years ago. Uh, just a pretty standard third-party action game. I think they were trying to uh, bring in a, as much of an audience as possible from people who play third-party action games like Assassin's Creed. Just and suck them in and take more money out of them. Yeah. Was um, the game any good? Uh, I think, you know, it was a it was a serviceable game. It was fine. Uh, there's also like the Space Hulk games, which I bought one. Not that good. It's like a... Almost like a Diablo kind of game. Or, not really. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's Diablo. Just, Diablo. You know... That's how you say that? Diablo? Diab- Di- Diablo? Diablo? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Never really noticed. Leave that in the comments. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Warhammer games. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing how expansive this whole universe. What's your uh, What's your favorite Warhammer like property or like your fam- favorite aspect of Warhammer? Oh, um, look again. I do. You're right. Something about just painting the figurines is really fascinating to me. Um, and I did watch, there are videos online of a couple of competitive tabletop matches. I watched them, some of those watched, as watched well. a few of those, which is pretty interesting. And I like, it is absurd, but you do begin to like understand the personalities of the people who play these games. And they're obviously a pretty tight-knit community in the ones that film it anyway, um, because they found the 15 people in Mississippi that play the fucking thing and have a studio to film it in. Also, um, like, of course, massive nerds, but uh, yeah, they're sure. all re- like all really nice guys. They seem to yeah. all get along when they're playing, and, and there is like strange politics and dynamics between them, which I really like. Like, I could there's this one guy that nobody really likes because he he plays with whatever. What's the um, clan? Is that what you call them? Race of ones that they're kind of like 
the only good guys. Oh, the Tau. The Tau. Yeah. He plays with the Tau and everyone hates him for it. <laughs> so, because uh, I did notice that no matter what, everything in 40K is um, built on like darkness and evil. Yeah. Like, the, like the, the closest thing that you get to good is the Tau. Yeah. But the- everything else seems to just be bought like, well, everything Goblins starts. And- everything starts. Every like property starts with in the grim darkness of the far future. There is only war, and that's basically what the entire They're all just battling all the fucking all time. the stories are about. And it yeah, it's just uh, immeasurable suffering in all of them. And mm. uh, there was even that one. I don't know the underworld or the people that come from chaos. The the what were they called? Oh, like chaos marines. That oh the like the the warp. The warp. So they, they they kind of look like they're almost like zombies, or uh, they look like Hellraiser characters. So like weird piercings that are peeling the skin back, or their face is peeled off, or and one character who they got power or joy, and, and a lot of it's um, quite sexual as well. Uh, where a, a lot of Slane- it's like Slanesh B- is the sexual one. There's BDSM like BDSM kind of shit. Yeah, there's four like major lords of uh, the the warp, and one of them is like Slanesh, and that's she or it or what I don't, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, I think it's genderless but it has a very female physique and yeah, like yeah. Uh, dreads that are made of like crab legs <laughs> dicks or something yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah she's all about uh, unmitigated pleasure just he- hedonism to a mm. uh, damaging degree yes yeah and there's like one called Nurgle who's about stagnation and and just fat rot. lard rotting yeah. grossness yeah tentacles for some reason and, the, and there was one one of those um again one of the uh, sexy asphyxy wank types that had <laughs> and some enemy <laughs> that had some enemy that it had taken captured taken to the brink of death like again skinned them had just little hooks in their eyes and shit and wore them as a necklace and just kept them alive somehow to just grim like the look of it i yeah. suppose it's like those uh markets in like southeast asia where you can buy a little baby turtle in a on a key ring oh, the turtle's Jesus. still alive but what? it's just sealed in this plastic like what it'll die eventually but yeah i did not know that existed yeah it's pretty fucked up that's fucked Yuck. But yeah. Anyway, but imagine if they, yeah, but that, but then they jerk off on the turtle. <laughs> yeah. It's like, leave it alone already. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It's like, and it just goes to show like how messed up the entire universe is. And of course there's, there's books as well. And Creepy these, little nerds. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I love uh, Asphyxy Wank. That is, yeah. that is one of my favorite, <laughs> what, like, Slang terms for, for <laughs> choking yourself and jerking <laughs> yeah. off. I don't know how many <laughs> slang terms there are for it, but strangle wank is yeah, another str- one. Is it right. strangle wank? Um, yeah, but the the grim darkness, the far future, with the books as well. Um, the the books are where a lot of the lore comes from as well. And this is all fan generated. The books are there. Or, no, sorry, the lore. The lore is not fan generated. It's Games Workshop owns it, but they like they have third party authors and stuff sure. so they sp- sponsor i don't know how it works but they have authors that write the stuff for them okay. so there's a guy named dan abnett i think he's like one of the main dudes there's like three or four authors and then there's a bunch of other stuff mm. they've got like a hundred books or something it, uh the black library if you want to check yeah. them out i think i'm going to actually buy some i'm uh, actually want to read some of them and there are some like the ones online because i know like the again the the the, the sheer volume of literature 
on it. Some of it fan generated, obviously most of it, um, the official stuff done by your official authors. But it's thousands upon thousands of hours of content. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, again, just the sheer depth of it was was really surprising yeah. to me. And the, the the how big the universe is as well, it leads, leaves a lot of room for different genres to be applied to it as well. So there's like just war novels, but there's also like uh, detective novels where there's in there's a faction in uh, Warhammer called the Inquisition. They're from the human... In my mind, I have that Slanesh character just with a Sherlock Holmes cap on. <laughs> and a, and a, and a yeah. <laughs> magnifying glass. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a... Uh, yeah, so like these books, there's like they go from straight up like war war story novels to detective uh, there might even be rom- I doubt there's romance I, I, I just mean, speaking I, out of my ass on this oh, one I reckon there would be for but sure. I know that there's like different types of genres and it's because there's so many different aspects to this universe like there so there's the the Imperium of Man which is ruled by the Emperor there's a whole story about a whole like six or seven books about how the Emperor came to be in his current state. He's like on a golden throne and he's a, there's also like psychics or it kind of seems like half dead. Yeah. He's half dead, but he's kept alive by the, by a thousand souls of people who are psychic enabled. And in the universe, they call they're called psychers and they, there's like in immeasurable worlds where humans live, where psychic people, like it's a genetic, genetic thing. And there's factions who seek out the psychers only to, to bring them in, enslave them, and keep the, the emperor. Only to alive. enslave them, just enslave for, them, enslave them, enslave them, just so that they can be a thousand a day can be fed to the emperor to keep him alive. Thousand a day, yeah, seems a bit greedy. Yeah, I know, and like imagine that. Pe- so being a psyker is like point zero one percent chance of happening, and then they have to get a thousand a day. Just imagine like the the amount of worlds that there are where people are being born. That are psyching and able just in. just to be uh, shipped in and like there's a real lock. The Imperium of Man has a real lock on uh, being a psyker. Like you, you know, the romance novels are becoming less and less likely as I think about it. Yeah. Maybe trying to go on a date <laughs> yeah. in this kind of world. Yeah, you check out the Emperor. And yeah, there's like I guess there's one like there's planets where there's hive cities, so they're like industrial planets. So everything is to fuel the war of man against other factions so you were speaking before about the Tau there's also Orcs which is kind of like the tongue-in-cheek faction of uh, Warhammer yeah and it's also like I, I the thing I loved about the Orcs because there is so much of it that is taken taken takes itself quite seriously <clears throat> um, a lot of uh, obviously with within like the history of it and the lore of it like there is a an element of being like right we're, we're, we're fucking serious about this and this is um, we're trying to put as much effort into making this believable, um, and then toss in the orcs, and they like, they, and for anyone who's you know kind of access to knowing about orcs as like Lord of the Rings or stuff like that, they're nothing like that. They're all they're very cartoonish, very green, um, kind of more like uh, World of World of Warhammer, no World of Warcraft. World of War- those World of, War- ca- World of Warhammer, <laughs> um, those kind of like big jawed underbites, and then they're. The fun fact about those guys that I learned that their vehicles run on belief. <laughs> like they have cars that don't have any petrol in them, in them, but because the orc believes it's going to work, it works. 
It's like yeah. it, like the power of imagination. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Power of friendship will get it, us there. It, it's so bizarre that that just tossed that in there. But like, oh, it's going to work because he believes. But also, they, they are part of... that's like religion though, really. Yeah, yeah, that's why our cars work. It just keeps going. Jesus, believe, wants, Jesus wills it. But also, because they're in Warhammer and it is the grim darkness, they still have their own grim aspect to them. Like, they're a... Um, strength-based race. So if you're just the strongest guy, you lead you're the, the pack. Yeah, you lead the pack, and um, they also use purple as a camouflage because they're like purple's the best color for camouflage. I don't know the logic behind that, uh, but yeah, it just adds to their goofy, um, their goofy persona as yeah. the ridiculous race. They're quite they're, clownish. Yeah, and then there's the tail, which you were speaking about, which a lot of people I've read. I've, I was doing a bit of Reddit comment reading, mm. and a lot of people are upset with the tail. I don't know if the same things with the guy who was playing uh, the tabletop game. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't really fit into the universe in the way that every other race does. It's not about grim darkness. They yeah. they kind of have a little bit of hope associated and, and, and with their them. aesthetic. Is kind of like um, from what I've seen of the new PlayStation Five, kind of like that. Yeah, like real white, clean lines, like utopian sci-fi. Whereas yeah. everything else is like kind of grim, Grimier. diesel punk, yeah. s- sci-fi. Um, and then there's uh, like Xenos, which are like aliens, which are very similar to like uh, if you've ever played StarCraft, the the Zerg in that. They're just like an alien, as alien as you can imagine, mm-hmm. like bug race. Yeah. And also- Winning look, through sheer numbers. Yeah. Often. Yeah. Like, um, but it's like hive mind kind of stuff. Yeah. And I looked at a map of the universe, like all the planets they inhabit and- the Imperium of Man has run into all these factions, all these other factions um, at some, like they all come from one direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the the tower over here and the yep. orcs are over here and Man is over here, but the Xenos- uh, S- Surround them or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, basically, like, like, basically it's like, everywhere. Yeah, it's like this threat is so large. They've exactly, essentially like- any corner of the universe, they're they're in they're, there. they're in there. Yeah. And now that I think about it, I don't think they're called Xenos. I think that's what hum- the human race calls every other alien race. Yeah, I thought they Xenos. were called something else as well, but um doesn't matter. Well, bugs. We'll call them the bugs. Yeah. The, we're not uh we're the procrastination powers. Yeah, I didn't not really the, look into it. Not, not the accurate information <laughs> powers. Um but yeah, like uh We'll call them the Zerg race, uh, cool. just because we're they Star, I mean, I, I Starcraft liked, ripped off them. I'm pretty sure. I liked my suggestion of bugs, but I guess we'll go with the old Zerg race. That's yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's a few others. There's like a really advanced, uh, like demon race, and uh, um, and then and then of course the Ultramarines. And then well, yeah, but all the the Ultramarines are but a faction of uh, uh, Marines. So there's. Space Marines. Space Marines, thank you. Ultra Marines are a faction of the Space Marines. Yeah. Also seem to be kind of the poster boy of... For Warhammer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're like, if you know anything about Warhammer, you know that uh, that guy in the blue suit of armor. Yeah. That's basically uh, the entry point into yeah. Warhammer, I feel like. Also, the the thing that often happens with... with um, any product, I suppose, if, if, if we could consider a product like this, mm. that has as massive a library of content and potential uh, to build upon um, would be then adaptions. Um, so often I have noticed when it comes to, particularly with video game to film adaptions, not done very well very often. 
Terrible. Often, often very often terrible. Horrible. So, guy, guy named Yui Bowl. Do you know him? No. He's famous for being one Yui of the worst. You, yep, yep. One of the worst directors in the world, and he's like he's like a six year old child in that people criticize his movies, and then he fucking fights them on Facebook. Or, right. Jeez, okay. uh, yeah, he's pretty pathetic, uh, and he does like Blood Rain and Alone in the Dark, and all these movies that. Had a fairly large budget, but mm-hmm. just tanked, and they make no sense, and they just do a poor adaptation. But also other movies such as Tomb Raider. I watched Tomb Raider with uh, Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the 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 first one. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So terrible. Yeah, uh, I, I remember liking it as a kid. Well, it is Angelina Jolie. Oh, she was yeah at she, that stage. She was, she, and she was also always very wet, moist looking in that. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. Just beady with just, sweat. Just a, and a little bit of hair doing just down the cheek. She blows out the corner of her mouth, just the hair out of her out of her eye. Just the fringe, pull that back. Thick yeah. lips. Mm. Massive titties. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they li- yeah, anyway, she strange. But again, like those kind of video game adaptions are shit. Like like I don't I can't think I, I remember they did the the one with Doom not so long ago. And that had like a cast where Carl Urban and The Rock. Yeah. and that. But that was like Rock pre-superstardom. Before he really blew up. That mm. was kind of his still entry level. Mm. Um, but again, just trash. And a part of it being like, do you as a filmmaker respect the the source material to a point where you're like, right, we need to, you either need to treat it religiously or you need to find like a, a story parallel to the the main idea of the video game so if like if say doom was about that main character who is the faceless one person shooter which is us you would have to pick again uh, some sort of storyline parallel to that just put it in the universe create a new character don't claim on that and leave that fucking story alone and build something completely different but just be like look it's it's within that universe you understand it as a player and now we can build something into that as well with Warhammer, I don't know how like that you would have to do that because again, there's no real individual characters that you're following through, or like even if it was the story of the Emperor being a part of it, you would be like, "Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to take a human character who's in that realm, leave the Emperor out of it. We understand that he's there. We understand that that's the purpose of it. Maybe he's a character that goes hunting for Sykes and trying to bring them back to feed them yeah. and has a conflict there. Like just just like just anything, how the novels do it. Like the novels focus on a specific story within the universe. You don't even need to adapt one of those stories. You just have like maybe the the one of the main writers at, on staff writing, yep. but you just make up a story f- that fits in the universe that uses the properties, which I think that's how Games Workshop has really carved up their uh, their properties. They've they give a certain amount to certain people. So a lot of the games developers, they give like the Ultramarines one they gave to a, a big studio, but smaller studios get smaller lesser known properties so it's like mm-hmm. we'll see how you do with this one that no one really cares Gives about a shit about if you fuck like it up. it's just a part of the universe and we'll 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 let you we'll see, we'll give you a, a go and if you do well we'll we'll give you another bone and seemingly the best content of it that i've seen is um fan created yeah like as we just watched today astartes yeah the astartes fan project video which was built, I don't know how, like, the quality of it is incredible. Um, it's brilliantly well done. And again, with no um, no actual dialogue, it tells a wonderful story. 
that is in, that keeps you involved and it, it must have taken like how long that shit must have taken yeah. him it's only 13 minutes which he did I think maybe six installments or something it's like five, that I think it's five parts and one like the first part's only like 12 seconds or 15 seconds and the last part's the longest at like uh, four minutes or something but sure. it's like yeah five parts and they're all um, yeah really well done and like you can if you whatever you're doing now stop Go to YouTube and watch the Astartes video. Mm-hmm. You won't be disappointed. It's brilliantly well done. Like the Astartes spelt A S T A R T E S. Correct. Yes. Uh, all right. Thanks. Is this a spelling bee? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was just saying for if, if anyone's going to go watch it, you may as well know how to spell the thing. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I was proud of you. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah. So go watch that. And like the attention to detail in that video is fantastic. Like the there's it's shots done. where this guy's wearing a coat and you can see like the padded material that he's wearing and like the the metal armor that they're wearing like uh, has a weight to it. You were saying it like everything feels looks and feels like it it, it it's is very dynamic animation yeah. and everything has a, a sense of reality to it that I haven't seen in in much else and and physics within it, uh, uh, which which is often very difficult to do, but ma- brings it a sense of realism. And I think it is, like, it is this attention to detail and this respect and love of the source material that you need to be able to create a standalone piece. Yeah. Like if you're going to make a film about it, you need someone who has that passion for it and cares because you're right. If you know you get Yui Boom in and he's just Yui Boom. coming in to do a... <laughs> Yui Bowl. Ah, oh, fuck him. He's, yeah, a, he's a shit director fuck anyway. Him, right? <laughs> yeah. Tell him to complain about it. You can whinge online. Yeah. Um, but you get someone like that who doesn't really know, and they just think, "Oh fuck, I'm a you know I'm a, I'm a filmmaker," or believes themselves to be a bit more talented than they actually are. Then you're gonna get in fucking trouble. Yeah, the guy who made that Astartes video actually, he's probably like uh, now going to be one of the staff people for Games Workshop, I imagine. Yeah, or I'd if get, they I'd, haven't already, I'd get him on stuff. Because mm, uh, yeah, it, it's fantastic. It's good, good shit. Um, Bloody good shit. Yeah. Um, well, one of the my fun ones, I think, at the end was, within all the seriousness of it, and again, just how much there is to um, create within the Warhammer universe, uh, one of my favorite ones was having to come up with names for all of these fucking characters over and over and over again. And look, there is so much of it that can be nonsense. Um, I mean, look, you, you know, you create a race of orcs, and as long as you use few few syllables you can just put grunts like grunt would be an orc name glorg garag uh, uh, all right stop you you're ruining them oh why <laughs> well, i thought they, like i just made those up there what i'm saying but the uh, other ones like elves and things like that they all have a certain sense of respect about naming yeah. them what about uh gordrak the first of gork that's uh jeez <laughs> <laughs> jeez is strong for him that's a good one that's a giant orc statue and they like some of these models as well uh, expensive. Like yeah. if you want to uh, get in on them, like the the entry level for some of them are like there's one here, Gork Gargantuan Squigoth, um, which is a giant four legged lizard creature with the horns coming out its face and it's wearing a giant battle armor uh, with a cannon on top. That is three hundred and twenty dollars. I'm not sure which denomination, possibly US. Probably. But, uh, that's a lot of money Maybe for a, pound. for essentially what is plastic, just a piece of plastic. What about um my main man here, giant uh, purple troll looking character? He's got a lot of mushrooms growing on him. Um, named Dankhold Trogoth. <laughs> He's the big dank man. 
Um, Price is coming in at around the same time. I did notice that one uh, when watching the online competitions. Um, some of the huge, like the the size of these things are huge. Like um, there was like a what are they called? The, the largest ones. Um, titans. Titans. They they are called titans within it. I think so. Yeah. Um, some of them look like they come up to at least knee to like knee height, mm. which is massive. And then they're spending like thousands and thousands of dollars on a single model. Yeah, it's insane. I think the most expensive one is the Mars Pattern Warlord Titan, $1,560. Yeah, so this is physically about 24 inches tall, which is what, I don't know, no. four, over 48, like over half a meter. Was it 24? Yeah, 24 inches. How much? Two feet. Two feet. There you go. That's fucked. Two foot tall, yeah. <laughs> Well, no wonder it's fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, look, there's a, there's some wonder, but oh, and also I found the name Tyranids. That's what the Tyranids, alien, the alien race, the, the bug, bugs, the bug alien race is called. Bug boys. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there's a a Tyranid one here that is also very expensive. A Tyranid Hierophant Bio Titan, three hundred and twenty five dollars, and it's like a cross between the alien from the movie Alien and a crocodile of some sort. Mm. And oh, and like a a giant ant. You know how ants have pincers on their face and crocodilian. Yeah, it's qu- and quite grotesque. It's got, yeah. got uh, green on its black carapace. And- Do you think if you had the money, here we go? Would you get into it? You know what? I would buy them and not ne- ever use them. All and time. then yeah, and like like the books on my bedside table, I'd be like, yeah, I can't wait to get into this. And yeah. then we'd just like look at the box for a while. And when I do see it, I'm like, look, yeah, if I had have started as a kid. And like really had my head around the rules and could could sort of put more energy into the imagination and having fun with your mate as you're playing rather than being like, right, how many dice do I need to do here? What numbers do I need? And like understanding all the powers and and, and controls, I suppose. Um, then, yeah, I, I, I reckon I could dig it. But I think the same. I, like I'm not a big um, action figure. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know, like things like that. Like I don't really have any of those. I'm certainly the guy with the action figures in this relationship. I've got, uh, yeah. I was actually talking to some friends yesterday. I've still got my Animorphs Optimus Prime from when I was like six years old. It's a like a gorilla. It's the gorilla one, yeah. I've yeah, played gor- with that. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's got like a cannon in one arm and a mace in the other. And uh, you push a button on his back and two cannons like fly over his shoulders. Pretty cool. It, it, it's, it is very cool. Yeah. I, it, I'm cool. I'm a cool guy. I'm 30 years old and still have uh, action figures. But yeah, yeah. I yeah I don't think I could get into it these days. It's too much investment. Too, too much investment, yeah. I I will buy the books. I, I'm definitely going to buy a couple of the books, but I, def- I won't be buying any. And I do wonder how many other hobbies these guys have. I mean, like I don't, I don't really think I have many hobbies anyway, but um, it's the it's the one thing you do. You know what I mean? Like you're the Warhammer guy. Yeah. And you, you you're gonna have to find friends who are also into it. Yeah. Yeah. Who also live, breathe Warhammer. Otherwise, you're just sitting around banging on about tyrannies and people are like, shut up, man. Yeah. Also, we have focused on like 40k, not so much on uh, Warhammer. Age of Sigmar, I think it's called, which used to be called Warhammer Fantasy. So that there's yeah, yeah. there's still like different uh like variations variations of Warhammer, yeah. Uh and like the Age of Sigmar one, 
that had two video games, uh, Total War, you know that, like mm-hmm. Rome Total War. So the guys who made that made Warhammer Total War and there's two of them. So like you can, if you're interested in the Age of Sigma video games. I've spent seven months doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Procrastination, pals. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. We're, get, we're getting back into it. Hey, we're doing, we're, we're back, man. We're it's doing good, something now. It's good now. to be back. It feels yeah. good to be doing something. It feels so, good to see you too. Yeah, good to see you too. Um, but yeah, I guess that's that's it. We, we've done with Warhammer. Other than... And now we can forget about it forever. <laughs> yeah. Procrastinate on something else. Um, yeah, thanks for coming back and listening to Procrastination Pals. Uh, I'm Dan. I'm, I'm Josh. Josh. Hey, I'm Josh. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Bye.